0: Hello, this is Leslie Kauf, and you're listening to the podcast, Breathing Out Stars. So, there's a moon in the evening sky around it, many clouds. A storm has just passed. It is stunning. In fact, In fact, the reflection of the moon on the clouds is what makes it look thus. It was, I admit, quite a storm. It was a few days before my first surgery that I happened to read that you don't get the transformation unless you go into the underworld. But we will talk more about that later. I beg your indulgence as I share this story. And so it was that I was wheeled as I was wheeled into the operating room for a second surgery, that I recounted this to R, saying, I'm on my way to the underworld. To my friends in Italia, I'm sorry I didn't tell you when we were together in June. I am sorry that I didn't tell you that I had just been diagnosed with melanoma for the third time. If only words were the bearer of all manner of magic, I would write myself back to strength. But now that I can type again, well, that is what I'm trying to do. I had standard melanoma surgery, which means a wide local excision, in my case, a four and a half inch square of my upper back taken off, and a sentinel node biopsy of my underarm of my lymph nodes. I went through the same sort of thing previously on my leg in 1998, in 1994. I had thought I was done, really a chapter closed. I thought I knew what to expect after my diagnosis, this time. My lesson, well, fate is going to surprise you. It was less than a week after that first surgery at the beginning of July, when I had suddenly unmanageable pain, loss of the use of my left arm, developing fever, that I knew that I was in trouble with a capital T. In the framework of a hero's journey, the hero gets the call, a call they ignore, and then another call. I got a diagnosis, a feeling that my life was changing dramatically. I stepped back from my career of almost four decades. There was actually no great gray wizard rapping at my door to warn me of change. But I have to tell you, it felt like there was. To me, the message was very clear. So now, less than a week after the first surgery, we are now with the emergency department. It is packed with COVID patients, vomiting, complaining. I am clearly not as ill as they seem to be, apparently. But after two hours, I begin to doubt myself. Two hours of just sitting there. I am imagining that perhaps I am imagining my symptoms. I go home. Yes, I'm sure I'm going to be fine. Yes, my incision feels hot. Yes, I know I am not okay, but the emergency staff seems to think I'm totally fine. So we go home. R hands me the thermometer. We are surely going back to the hospital soon, he says. Let's monitor your temperature all night, he says. By 4 a.m., it's back to almost 102 degrees Fahrenheit while I'm still on other medications so it's pretty high. I'm still in so much pain despite opiates. The dog gets us out of bed, wanting to be walked, but by dawn I'm sitting on the couch holding my head, shaking it. We have got to go. I say I'm in trouble. We get to the hospital just after five. They take me in right away this time. They do blood work. Results are back very quickly. All blood markers point to severe infection. As the hours drag on, I am not responding to antibiotics, they admit me. The doctors use big, scary antibiotics, like sledgehammers, but they're having no effect on me. There are seven IV bags hung above my head, all pumping things into my system. It seems crazy that nothing is working. Now, it's about six hours later, it's the middle of the night, My fever is over 103 while on other medications. I am literally begging the nurse to help me. My organs are beginning to be affected. My blood pressure drops to 69 over 49, if you know that sort of thing. On one level, I know what is happening, and yet it doesn't seem real that it is happening. How could I possibly be septic? The doctors decide I need emergency surgery, and now I say it. And now I say as they wheel my bed down the hall, I say to R, I am on my way into the underworld. In surgery, they open up my incision. Three liters of saline and a pulsating pressure washer irrigator is what it takes to debride my wound. The resident, bless her heart, brags to me about this later that day, among with other details from my surgery, which impressed her bizarre sense of excitement, which I will not share here. She is oddly proud of what she has observed. At a teaching hospital, I am a test case after all. Geez, She may be proud, but I am numb and in shock. It is after surgery, after more time, a whole other day, that my body begins to respond to antibiotics, that my organs begin to respond. I am climbing back. It is not until after that that we understand the full extent of what had happened. Necrotizing fasciitis, they say. Sure, Google that. In the hero's journey, I have faced the dragon, but I still have to pick my way back through the mountains to return home, to return to myself, but, spoiler alert, I am far from myself. They install on my upper back a wound VAC, wound vacuum, negative pressure therapy encourages large wounds to heal. They tell me I will be attached to the wound VAC for almost two months. I try to absorb this information with what that means for how my life is changing and I start to cry. So now now I'm going to be a cyborg, I think, a Borg. And if you understand the cultural reference, then you will certainly understand what I say. Resistance is futile. So now I'm home. It is three weeks later, and I am three weeks along in my wound vac treatment. A wound nurse checks and changes the vacuum dressing three times every week. So let's check in on our little hero. She battled the monsters. She climbed out of the belly of the whale. She escaped the flying monkeys. How was she doing? Well, she's referring to herself in the third person. He's getting a little stronger every day. Bouncing back is apparently a whole thing. Technically, the storm has passed, but the moon still has some clouds. The edges of the clouds are so shiny, reflected by the moon, so there is definitely that. A little beauty, I'll take it. When an appliance or electric device doesn't work well, we unplug it. We reboot. I thought I was working fine, but someone, capital S thought I needed rebooting, and now I am just waiting for all systems to start working again. What do they call that? Power cycling. If you know about the concept of denouement, the falling action, the action that happens after the climax in literary frames, after the hero battles the dragon, then you will understand that I am in the denouement. Dynamo literally means untying the knots, and if you know me personally, you know that I am one who unties knots. So it is with great joy that I recognize and report that I am in the part of the narrative which untangles. Perhaps my story will help you if sudden change has come into your life, change you never expected nor wanted, and the only way forward is forward because there is no other choice. There literally is no other choice than to adjust to your circumstances. As I said in the beginning, you don't get the transformation without a journey to the underworld. I am lucky to have returned. I am fortunate to have the opportunity to untie the knots. Now I wait and process everything and watch the direction of the winds. And that is all. I'm still here to tell the tale. I'm Leslie Coff, and thank you so much for listening to Breathing Out Stars.